Less than a week after we left South Africa, I found myself walking down the busy streets of a northeastern city. Normally, Boston feels like home. I'm used to brisk winter air and crowds of busy people minding their own business. But it seemed they weren't used to me. As I walked down the street, I waved and smiled at strangers passing by. One person furrowed their brows at me and glared, turning a cold shoulder and walking away. This felt like a slap in the face. A week before, I was in sunny South Africa. I'd only been there two weeks, but coming back home, I felt some sort of culture shock. But to a culture I've known my entire life. The weather in Boston wasn't the only thing that was cold. I wondered why waving to or smiling at a stranger in passing was so wrong. Or not wrong, but weird. Why do we assume that if someone greets you, they obviously want something from you? Is our culture so focused on the individual that we end up disconnected? Why isn't it normal to greet a stranger? To simply acknowledge their existence with a smile. To give someone a feeling of warmth amidst the brisk air. I'm Gracie Childs. And I'm Merritt Hall. And we're juniors at Miss Porter's. Over intermission in January, we went to South Africa to the African Leadership Academy. There, at ALA, the atmosphere was different. Yes, the literal atmosphere, being like 80 degrees every day, but also the social atmosphere. The people were warm and kind, and I missed that. Walking down the street in Soweto, Joburg, or even just the pathway at ALA, everyone smiles and greets you by saying, Sani Bonani, which means, how are you? That simple acknowledgement feels warm and reassuring. The people we met were incredibly optimistic. Some have seen, seen and experienced more struggle and hardship than I could ever imagine, but still managed to live every day with a positive attitude. An ambiance of gratefulness and alacrity was prominent in the air, and I could feel it. We got to ALA right after their holiday break. This is a special time because the entire ALA community engages in a week of what's called seminal readings. Students and teachers spend time closely reading and deeply thinking to produce meaningful conversations. On January 11th, I unassumingly joined my host student Mina's seminal reading class. The classroom was bright from the South African sun. The other students filed in and took their seats. They laughed and talked, interacting the way that only friends can, the type of way that made me feel even more out of place. The classes are formed by joining two advisory groups, which they call families. Mina's advisor briskly entered the room. The other students call her mother, but she introduced herself to me as Madame G. She had a bright energy that helped to ease my nerves. We began the class by journaling based on a prompt that connected to our reading from the night before. The short story described a priest who lives a life of devotion to the church, but at the same time struggles with inner doubts about his faith. Right away, I was welcomed into the group when Madame G asked if I would share what I wrote. Seeing as this was not a request of which I should turn down, I complied. The support and empathy that I received from the other students made me feel included and valued in the discussion. As more and more students spoke, this, the pace of the conversation quickened and with it an air of debate arose. It was exciting and invigorating and totally new to me all at once. The students brought in stories from their diverse backgrounds to support their views on religion, often challenging one another's opinions. Some students shared how in their communities it is unacceptable to not believe in God. 
This shocked me because I cannot imagine being told what I have to believe in. The degree to which they were willing to civilly argue both astounded and impressed me. I've never had a conversation like this before. The closest we get back home is English class, but even there we are scared of saying the wrong thing or hurting someone's feelings. But at ALA, students don't let that stop them because they put themselves out there in order to grow. And the thing was, nothing was uncomfortable. After spending hours discussing religion in depth, we left for lunch laughing and talking just as we had entered. To a person standing outside the classroom, they never would have known what had transpired within its walls. The next day, I walked with Mina into the brightly lit classroom. But that time, I was confident and eager to start our next discussion. What is a good society was the theme for the day. A loaded question, to say the least. To begin the conversation, I raised my hand without being asked. As soon as I finished, the others jumped right in and anxiously waited for a chance to put in their two cents. They talked about the shared and conflicting societal values of different African countries, things such as the corrupt police systems and even views on suicide. They are living and breathing the mission of ALA each day, striving to become Africa's next generation of strong leaders. For them, it is not a dream, but an indispensable reality. They carry the weight of their country's problems on their shoulders with a level of maturity and responsibility that I could never imagine. I couldn't help but compare what we worry about at home. I live in a protected bubble where I never have to worry about the safety or stability of my current life or of my future. It makes me wonder, Gracie, do we as Americans choose to not engage as deeply and truthfully with each other because we feel we don't need to? I don't know. Maybe it's not because we feel we don't need to, but more so that we're scared to. What was most different from a classroom here at Porter's was that students weren't scared about what they were going to say. They didn't plan everything out in advance. They just kind of said it and weren't with no filter. They weren't afraid to go deeper. Um, I think it's more like there wasn't room for them to be kind of like, uh, like not considerate, but um, too like conservative, like, um, too reserved, like they needed to speak their minds in order to get their ideas across and to really come to some sort of like truth or consensus about what they were talking about because if you speak on such a surface level then you're not going to get very far. I think a lot of that is here at Porter's we have like this culture of anxiety to be perfect and to not mess up and not to offend anyone else or like sound ignorant or sound I don't know just to say the wrong thing and at ALA there isn't that and everyone's very respectful and isn't as judgmental so people aren't scared to say what they think and to challenge themselves and those around them and there's just this invisible barrier in all of our classrooms and I don't think we can take it down yeah and I think especially um, when you're silent, nothing can come of that, you know, like, you can't have a dialogue if one person's silent, and you can't learn from another person if they won't open up to you, um, so it works both ways, and, um, you have to kind of lose a piece of your, like, pride or your, um, insecurities in order to get through that. I think it really comes from the students and the way they treat each other, and there's a lot of trust, Everyone's really 
respectful and I don't know it's really different I mean my chomi Amy was so nice yeah she was very welcoming made me feel really comfortable and I got really close with her roommate too and her advisory family like at lunch um, they all like motioned for me to come sit with them the first time after seminal readings and they made sure to introduce themselves when I sat down and include me in the conversation and it felt really natural yeah I had lunch with uh, Mina's I had lunch with Mina's advisory family uh, a lot actually and it was really fun getting closer to them and they are just like a family like they're so closely knit and um, one day it was uh, Mina's advisory sister Garado's 21st birthday which so like that's a big big birthday Um, and Madame G had made a cake and brought it in for her and um, she started like taking the whipped cream off of it and like running around like putting it on everyone's faces and it was just like funny and people were throwing cake. I think like in the advisory families they're not really teachers. I mean like you don't call your teachers your mom and dad. It changes like the whole dynamic and they, they, they laugh and they make fun of each other like siblings would and they're also comfortable and open and yeah I agree it's like a family. As a group, while we were in South Africa, we reflected a lot on the classroom and even out-of-classroom um, environment and that sort of open dialogue that we touched upon earlier. And we talked about how that was missing or is missing from our community at Porters and how we really want to bring that back. And that's so easier, so much easier said than done. Um, and I know that it's something that I still am working towards and it is very much a work in progress. But... Um, I don't want to lose sight of it. Our, I feel like the community here doesn't encourage us to like think as deeply all the time. And even though if you want to, it's just so easy to like not be able to because we're so busy and have so many other things going on. And it's hard to like put all that aside and think about life as a whole and what's next when there's so much happening right now. I'll take what I learned there and the community and the friendliness and openness of people with me. This podcast was produced by Merritt Hall and Gracie Childs. Thanks for listening. See you next time.